Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Dr. Judy Rosenberg, Dr. Judy WTF, what the Freud. And tonight's topic is why do most relationships fail? And I'm going to talk about the obvious and then I'm going to get into some mind mapping, which uh, if, if you have watched my shows, you will learn a lot more about the mind map from the perspective of why most relationships fail. So here are some obvious reasons why the relationship fail is because there's no trust, there's no communication, there's a non-acceptance of the other person. So the, the, the different twists that I'm going to bring to it tonight is that relationships fail because we're not even in the relationship. What we're relating to is a bunch of projections and uh, seeing the person through cracked lens of perceptions and having filters on that don't really allow us to see that person and don't allow that person to see us. So in other words, what I'm trying to say here is that when we're wounded in childhood, uh, these wounds shadow over our true and authentic sense of self, and those wounds then interfere with interfacing and interconnecting with other people and seeing them clearly. I have a term that I talk a lot about in my therapy um, called the cracked lens of perception. And the cracked lens of perception is merely a distorted version of what we see. And we distort our worldview and our world, uh, our view of ourselves because of these injuries. So let's do a little bit of mind mapping. And this is a call-in show, everyone. So please feel free to call in and ask questions and we can mind map why your relationship didn't work out for you. So if you look at the mind map, you will see the top three panels, which represent the past, the encodings of the past. And the, these uh, three panels specifically represent wounds of childhood, which I'm gonna focus on five. Uh, those wounds include physical abuse, sexual abuse, verbal abuse, neglect, and smothering, controlling. And when we are shadowed over and we are disconnected from, through these woundings, by these woundings, we have these reactions, which you will see in panel number two. 
And these reactions are a representation of our cracking, our crack lens of perception and reactions like uh, shutting down uh, or, 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 or fleeing or, or, or fawning or freezing. Remember the fight flight system. We have the, uh, the, the four positions that we take in life, which is fight, flight, fawn, and freeze. And then in panel number three, you can see the DNA strand. These DNA strands are encodings and they are the messages that we absorb because of the way that we have been treated. And these messages are usually based on a system gone wrong, unless we're very, very lucky. And we happen to have amazing parents that nurture us, that give us um, a sense of, of safety, a sense of trust in the world. Uh, these these um, elements of mental health include mirroring, being attuned to, in an ideal world, we have a primary and secondary caregiver, usually mother, father, and they support each other and they create a family structure that's pretty stable and, and, um, and, and the, the child can therefore build a sense of self on this foundation. However, because of these wounds of childhood, we don't exactly end up building a very, very solid sense of self, a very solid foundation. So what happens is, is that we get triggered by these childhood wounds, and then we fall into panels four, five, six. Panel four represents chaos. Panel five represents the defenses. And panel six represents the, represent the ultimate breakdown. So why don't relationships um, work out typically? Why did many of them fail, whether they be friendships, whether they be uh, romantic relationships, whether they be uh, work-related relationships? We're not doing too well because we're living in wound land, reaction land, and trigger land. And when we're triggered, we see red oftentimes, and we don't really have the ability to see who's in front of us clearly. Now, another aspect of why relationships don't work out very well too many times, too often, is because many people enter a relationship unhealed with these um, multi-generational wounds, wounds from their family of origin, cultural wounds, and the wounds date back to wounds that your grandparents didn't heal, wounds that your great-grandparents didn't heal, and so on and so forth. So <clears throat> this trickle-down of multi-generational system gone wrong then infiltrates into the fiber of our being. Then we go pick a partner. And who do we pick? Lo and behold, we pick a partner that recapitulates all of our childhood wounds. And so instead, again, of picking from a lens of clarity, we are doing what I call a WTF, <clears throat> which is a what the Freud. And the what the Freud is a repeat pattern of all of the multi-generational relationships and relationship patterns that didn't work. So let's get into that a little bit. And again, this is a call-in show, everybody. So please feel free to call in and we can dissect why your relationship didn't work. 
And so let's get into this patterning. So let's say that you have a mother that's codependent on your father and you're looking at that particular blueprint and then you meet somebody and you pick up that blueprint of codependency and then you merge with somebody that you lean on and they lean on you and so forth. And then because both parties are not healthily developed, both par parties are missing a sense of um, core sense of self, a sense of healthy independence after being healthily dependent. I'm going to repeat that. This is a really important concept. In order to have healthy independence, we have to have a developmental phase of healthy dependence. And this occurs during the first few years of life. So I'm referring to attachment theory, healthy attachment. Dr. John Bowlby talks about healthy attachment. He is the father of attachment theory. He is no longer alive. However, his theory lives very strongly and well, and many parents follow attachment theory and are able to follow a better blueprint of raising children who are secure as opposed to anxious or paranoid or, um, or, or, or ambivalently attached. Because when we have that secure foundation of attachment, then we have a better chance of relationships going right. Why is that? Because when we are no longer coming from a place of being wounded, when we are no longer trying to um, shut down toward people. Room and can manage your callers from the Colin Studio web interface. Is that a call-in? That is not a call-in. That was just the website that people can call in from. Sorry oh, okay. About that. Okay. I've never heard that one before. But <laughs> anyway, this is a call-in show, everybody. So if you'd like to call in, please do. So in essence, when we're wounded, if you look at panel number one, you can see the shadows over our, um, our light. And our light represents the manifestation of our healthy self the best of, our, of, of ourselves. When we're shadowed over, uh, then we cannot manifest. We, we arrest in development. And when we arrest in development, can you imagine picking partners when we are arrested in different developmental phases and we're not maturing properly? So uh, if, if both parties are, um, are operating from these wounds and reactions, then uh, the, the the coming together of those two people will not make a healthy pair. And again, this does not only pertain to romantic relationships, this can pertain to friendships, this can pertain to uh, work relationships. And uh, again, we see this replication of, uh, of systems gone wrong, arrested development, childhood wounds that then manifest as amygdala reactions, fight, fight, flight, freeze, and fawn. And then all of these encodings uh, then um, infiltrate into the fiber of the person's psyche. And these encodings are a result of the messages that we receive from our primary caregivers. And these are messages that uh, 
that may include something like you're stupid or you're a failure, or you're never going to be good enough, or you're not lovable, or you'll never be important enough to me. And these messages go on and on and on. So can you imagine if one party hasn't healed those triggers and another party steps on the proverbial Achilles heel of their partner, what is going to happen? And I see this in couples therapy all the time, which is why, I know I'm veering off a little bit, but I think it's an important point. I don't like to do couples therapy unless the person's in individual therapy with me as well. Because in order to do couples therapy, the individuals in the relationship have to, to some extent, heal their childhood wounds so that they can develop a clear-sightedness about themselves and their partner. And so when I do weave in the couples therapy, which usually takes place after they've done panels one, two, three of the mind map, then each party can understand their childhood wounds, their partner's childhood wounds, the reactions to these wounds, and what kind of messaging has been encoded in there so that the partners can understand each other's trigger points, not to be used against them, of course. So can you see how the raising of the consciousness of wounds and reactions and codings are vital to uh, helping people understand each other so that they can have uh, successful relationships? Unless they have this level of healing, they're going to be, again, triggering each other and taking each other down into chaos and defenses and breakdowns. Um, some practical reasons why uh, relationships, I'm, I'm, I think I'm going to emphasize a little more here on the romantic relationships, why some romantic relationships don't work out is because of lack of sexual chemistry. Now, a lot of people will say that sexual chemistry is not that important and it'll develop over time. And sometimes I guess that's true for some people. But unless there's a sexual... It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. Too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Chemical attraction. It's very, very hard to make that relationship work. It's very, very hard to, um, to, to generate enough motivation uh, toward a person that you're not sexually uh, attracted to. Now, the other aspect, practical aspect, is if you don't have values, core values, philosophical 
sometimes religious values that align, if you um, have cultural differences that are very, very far apart. For example, if in one culture you have to um, respect the mother-in-law and actually move the mother-in-law in and in another culture, if that's not um, going to be a comfortable family arrangement, this might not work out. So before you get into a relationship, you want to align yourself with the person and ask lots of questions and take the time to understand the person's values, interests, ethics, uh, culture, and then a big one is expectations. You wouldn't believe how many people enter into relationships and they don't really share their expectations of each other. Even worse, sometimes they don't even share their, their life goals with each other. I've seen cases where two people got married and then discovered after they got married that one wanted children and the other didn't. Well, that's called a deal breaker. Don't ever enter into deal breaker relationships. It's just bound to end up in chaos, uh, defenses, and breakdowns and breakups. So you can see how important it is to be honest, ask the right questions. Um, you don't have to be robotically interviewing people. That's not what I'm suggesting. But if you're really dating to mate, if you're dating because you want to form a long-term committed uh, relationship, then it's better to understand what your expectations are upfront. It's better to understand your values. And some things can be negotiated and some things cannot. And it's very, very smart to find out upfront what, um, what, life, what life important values can be negotiated and which ones cannot so that you can piece out quickly if you need to and not waste a lot of time and not get your heart embroiled in that person and then have to go through um, a, a breakup. Dr. Um, Judy, we do have call one caller. Oh, wonderful. Uh, well, thank you so much for calling in. And what is your name, please? Can you hear me? Hello? Do we still have that caller online? She should be on there. Um, can you hear I us, Sherry? Not. Hello? Do not hear her. Can you connect her? It's connected, but maybe she just doesn't hear us or something's wrong with her connection. But um, okay, we'll um, drop that caller, but I'll let you know when the next one comes in. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, so if, if you can call back, love to have you on the show and address any uh, thoughts or questions that you have and do some mind mapping insofar as your relationships are concerned. Um, so these are practical reasons, um, more uh, psychologically deep reasons why people um, also fail to um, to, to, to get it together in a relationship is because of a concept that has to do with arrested development called object constancy. 
Now, object constancy is the ability to see all aspects of a human being. Um, so in other words, if your partner is great one day and not so good the other day, the object constancy lens will allow you to see that that person is a human being who has his or her good days and bad days and sort of integrate that lens so that you can take into account um, the wholeness of that human being. Now, if you've been injured and you've been abused and you've been neglected and abandoned and so forth, it's very, very hard to have uh, object constancy because when the person um, disconnects with from you, for example, then it'll feel like the whole relationship is in jeopardy. And it just feels like that person is completely split off from you. And these are the aspects of therapy that are so important to address because unless we have object constancy um, in, in is an asset that we bring to the relationship, unless our partner has a sense of object constancy that he or she brings into the relationship, any little fight can land up in flight, okay? Or any little trigger may be perceived as a huge irreparable trigger. And so this is where mental health comes in and this is where therapy can help to progress people through this arrested development and help them to create a system gone right where they have a more um, solid core um, sense of self. Now, another uh, practical reason, I know I'm going back and forth between practical reasons and deeper psychological reasons why people um, don't have a, a, a good pairing in the relationship is because of energy level. Have you ever seen a couple where one is really into um, running and biking and surfing and skydiving and the other one's a couch potato. Well, unless they really negotiate out their relationship and come to acceptance of each other's lifestyle, athletic, energetic lifestyle, the relationship may not work out. And now this goes for diet too. If we've got somebody who's eating organic foods and and, 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 and taking good care of their body and um, making an effort toward um, meditating and living a more holistic lifestyle. And the other one is sitting on the, the couch eating Doritos and donuts. Um, that may be a point of, of irritation. Now, I know that people say that we have to accept each other as is, and you've got to be a little bit careful with that because for some people, being with a partner who's sitting on the couch eating donuts is unacceptable. And you better find that out quickly because it's not true that you've got to accept everything about another human being. You just have to understand that if that human being is of, of real significant value to you, then you have to wrap your head around accepting things about them that may not exactly be like you. And if you can do that, then you can, um, then you can negotiate the relationship. But if you know yourself and you know that you're going to be uh, harping on the person because 
they're eating junk food or their weight is like this or their teeth are too crooked or their um, their their hair is, is always messy and greasy. You really have to take an honest look at yourself and an honest view of what you can and cannot accept. So this is another area. You know, there's so, so many areas why relationships don't work out. And I'm just touching on a few. Um, hygiene. Hygiene is really, really important. And sometimes when we are in a relationship, we will start taking for granted our hygiene. And that can be a real turnoff to uh, your partner. So when you're in a relationship, you have to be respectful, again, of the attraction toward the other person. And so if you don't make an effort to groom yourself and <clears throat> and shower and brush your teeth and look attractive, it's not really going to uh, necessarily fly with the, the your partner. And it may send some very, very um, powerful messages like, um, you know, you're just not important enough for me to put makeup on. Uh, you're just not important enough to, to me to to brush my teeth at night and get in bed after showering. So, so again, you know, when, when we're talking about a relationship, it's not just about you. It's not just about your partner. It's about a we. So we've got one plus another and together that we needs to mean something to both of you. And that me has to be a, a, a me that preserves the we. And again, I'd love to hear from you. So if we didn't get that call, then please try again. And uh, this is a call-in show, everybody. And I would love to be doing some mind mapping and, and talking to you. And uh, is, is the phone system working so people can call in? Sean, are you there? Hello? I'm sorry, what was that? Oh, is the phone system working so people can call in? It is working. There is currently nobody in the waiting room, though. Okay, okay. Um, so, uh, so, so you can see there's several reasons why relationships don't work out. Another reason relationships don't work out is, and I'm, I, I did mention it, it has to do with trust and betrayal. When you're in a significant relationship, whether it be a friendship, or it be a romantic relationship, you have to have your partner's back. And if you're going to be gossiping about the, the most important person in your life, you've you, you got to start by communicating with them directly. It, it's very painful when um, you get news that your partner thinks this about you or feels this about you or uh, has these opinions or so on that, that really um, hurt, hurt your feelings and you find out through other people that they're talking badly about you. Now, another way this shows up in relationships is with in-laws. And sometimes in-laws will uh, do horrible things like poison uh, one partner against the other. So let's say, and, and I have so many shows on um, uh, family systems and mother-in-laws and enmeshments and so on. So let's say you've got an enmeshed son with a mother-in-law 
uh, a, a mesh son with his mother. And um, then the son gets married and the mother doesn't really like the idea of being number two. I've seen this several times over the course of the years of therapy. And what, what often happens is that the mother may try to sabotage the marriage. And this can happen uh, through any porthole. It could be a sabotage from the point of view of criticizing the wife or the, 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 the. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Insufficient mothering that they're providing. Um, I've heard comments like, honey, you just don't even know how to hold that bottle. Let me show you. Or sweetie, uh, uh, you know, I'm going to take the baby and I'm going to show you how to dress the baby and clothe the baby. And can you imagine the level of resentment that is created here? And unless the husband, the spouse, the significant other steps in and has his partner's back it's not gonna go too well because the last thing that person needs is to know that the, the their significant other has put their mother or their father or another family member before them so so you can get begin to get a sense of how many ways a relationship may not go right which points the arrow back to before you get in a relationship, heal thyself and do some work and make sure that you clean up your childhood wounds so that you don't repeat patterns and that you don't create systems of triangulation and betrayal and, um, and so on and so forth. And so this leads to another reason relationships sometimes go awry children children are born into the relationship and again expectations undiscussed expectations now come into play so the the the, the partner one partner may expect that the other partner is going to be home full-time and maybe that partner is thinking no i don't really want to be full-time i want us to do 50 50 child care and so I can't overemphasize how important it is to discuss your expectations up front because once the children are children are in the picture and the level of stress goes up and the sleepless nights and uh, the, the evenings where the child has um, flu, fever, diarrhea, um, coughing and, and, and colic and so on, it's a psychosocial stressor that if not dealt with properly, can really, really strain uh, the relationship. And so I'm still hoping that people will call in because I think this is a very, very worthy and important subject. And I'd love to hear from you. And we, we do have one caller in the waiting room. Okay. Uh, I'll, hi. We have, Tim we have Timothy in the waiting room. 
Hi, Timothy. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Okay, thanks, Timothy, for calling in. So tell me a little bit about uh, where, where are you from? Are you there? Hello? Yes, I'm here. Okay, where are you from, Timothy? I'm from Wisconsin. Okay, really appreciate you calling in. And what is on your mind with regards to why uh, why most relationships don't uh, don't make it? Well, I just I just have a question for you. Um, I've I've had this friend for like ten years, and within the last like couple months, they totally have been rude to me and my brother and family and i was just wondering what i should do because they, they they show signs of being toxic all the time okay so give me a little bit of history has this been going on for a long time or is this a new kind of uh behavior it's it's very new it's very new behavior i i, I think it might be maybe because they don't like their job or their relationship and they might be you know taking it out on their friends but I, i'm not sure if i should even you know be friends with them anymore okay so so let's go into what you just um theorized about the the, the idea of projection so maybe your friend's not doing really well on the job are you doing well in life i mean yeah you, you, i do pretty good for myself okay so so I, I don't know your friend i don't know the dynamics but there may be an aspect of envy here so if your friend is unhappy on the job and you're happy with your life and your work, maybe uh, it, it hurts your friend to see you in a better place. Um, but going back to the projection, some people, again, if they're not really working their issues through, if they feel anger and, and resentment within themselves, they will do a common defense mechanism um, called projection. And what projection is, is instead of owning your own stuff and looking in the proverbial psychological mirror, you take your feelings and you vomit them, you project them on other people. And it's supposed to relieve the person um, temporarily at best, uh, but it doesn't really work because it generates ill feelings, as you can see. So does that make sense that perhaps this person is not really sophisticated enough to process his feelings and so therefore he's projecting them all over you hoping to vomit out some of the poisonous uh, work atmosphere that he seems to be in. Yeah, they really seem to kind of just insult my life. You know what I mean? Okay, give me examples. Like, uh, what does it sound like? I mean, it's it's very subtle, but it's just them. Like in any way, they can they can put me down. They will, and okay. and you know, kind of talk smack about things that I like to do within my life. Okay, okay. So um, so so that was one of my other points that I was going to bring in. I'll bring it in now. One of the reasons people uh people's relationships fail is because of a lack of empathy and a sense of entitlement. And a, and a sense of wanting to demean and devalue other people, which now goes into the topic of narcissism, 
which is a, a system based on um, this lack of empathy and inability to really put themselves in your shoes and a, um, a, a, a sense that, that in order to feel better, they have to demean, devalue and destroy you. Are you getting that feeling? I, I think so, but it's hard because I've known them since for, you know, a decade. So it's hard for me to like really put myself in their shoes and understand why they're putting it's not just me either. It's their, it's their own family. It's, it's, you know, everyone around them. And I, I don't know how to help them in this situation. Okay. So, so look, I, I think that in all fairness, you guys have been friends for 10 years. That's a long time. And uh, what are the good qualities about this person? Why did you choose to be friends with this person for so long? Well, I mean, in the first place, it's, I mean, it's, it's so different now. They, they just are not the same human being that I met 10 years ago. They, they were the nicest, they're the nicest, sweetest people back then. But within the last, you know, six months or whatever, they just, they just totally like, I can't even recognize why I even liked them in the first place. Okay. So you say them, is this a family or are you referring to one particular person? No, no, no. It's just one person. I'm just kind of using general, you know, pronouns. Okay, so so in my book, which you're very welcome to have a free PDF copy of, um, the book is called Be the Cause, Healing Human Disconnect. And if you'd be so kind as to put it up on the screen so people can see it. Um, Be the Cause, Healing Human Disconnect. And you can download a copy of this simply by going to my website, psychologicalhealingcenter.com. And then um, you can, yeah, you can, you can request a copy of this book. So in the book is something called the Peaceful Healing Dialogue. By the way, it's also in my forum section on my website. And the Peaceful Healing Dialogue is a way to communicate with anybody, almost anybody. Some people are beyond the ability to communicate. And by the way, this particular video series that you're seeing on screen is the mind map system. It's a download Vimeo that you can purchase that breaks down the entire mind map, comes with the, the PDF of the book and the journal and, uh, and, and, and the videos that describe the mind map, but specifically pertaining to the peaceful healing dialogue. It's a way of dialoguing so that you don't break the bond. And um, if you want, I could role play it with you. Would that, would that be useful to you? Are you still there? I, uh, I think Timothy might've hung up, hung up. Okay, all right. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll demo the, the peaceful healing dialogue because it's really significant. And Timothy, if you're listening, then hopefully you'll gain a little bit of of knowledge as to how to communicate. So step number one, you don't want to blindside somebody. So the first part of the peaceful healing dialogue is saying something like, um, Mary, um, is this a good time to talk to you? And then she could say, no, it's not a good time. I, I, I feel very pressured right now. And then you can say, well, how about tomorrow? Would tomorrow be better? So step number one is you find a time and that person can really be available uh, to have this conversation. 
And then when you have that agreement, you can simply say something like, Mary, we have been friends now for a decade. And this has been such an important friendship to me. You've been a really amazing part of my life. So you, you start with the positives. You, you kind of make a sandwich here. So you're acknowledging all the amazing qualities why you're their friend and you can elaborate a little bit. I, I value you, you're, you're intelligent, you're talented. We've been there for each other. And so Mary, the reason I'm bringing this up is because obviously I'm invested in this friendship as I'm hoping that you are too. And as of late, I've noticed that um, my feelings are being hurt. And then maybe she'll say, what do you mean your feelings are being hurt? And then you could say, well, specifically the other day when I told you something really uh, um, you know, important to me, you just kind of brushed it aside and you made fun of it. And it was a real um, kind of a, a dismissal of my feelings. Are you aware of it? So you could say, you could see this, the next part of this peaceful feeling dialogue is about awareness and calling to attention the person's um, awareness about their impact on you. Now, if you have somebody who's highly narcissistic, they don't really care about uh, their impact on you. So you'll find that out pretty quickly because if they say something like, oh my goodness, I didn't know that was hurting your feelings. And then you know that they're uh, somebody that you can talk to and process through. So then you might say something like, yeah, I really want to um, uh, talk this through because uh, I, I want to um, continue a friendship based on trust and good feeling and, and support. Um, so Mary, I just want to make you aware that this has been going on for quite some time. Are you aware of that? And then if Mary is more of a conscious person, she might say something like, well, you know, lately I've not been feeling really good. Um, work hasn't been going so well for me. And so I've been feeling angry inside and I, 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 I tend to be a little more snippety and a little bit more sarcastic with people. And then, then you could say something like, I really appreciate your honesty and I could see how you're hurting and I definitely want to be there for you. And I want to be there for you in a way where I feel safe to be there for you. And so when you talk to me about your work and pain, would it be okay for you to just straight up say, you know, work's been really hard and my boss has been treating me horribly and uh, my self-esteem is suffering. I'd much rather just straight up talk to you about what's bothering you. Um, is that possible? Do you think that we could regroup on, on our friendship and that you can be more straight up and honest and, and transparent with me about what you're feeling. It sure would help. And then you see where the conversation goes because if the conversation goes uh, south and the person gets defensive and continues to finger point and say, no, it's you, 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 it's all your fault. And because of you, um, I, 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 I'm not, doing well and because of you, I go to bed angry. You can even give it one more shot and say, well, exactly what did I say or do that upset you? And you may get a 
kind of a blank stare, which means that there's nothing particular you did to upset them. It's just that they want to be upset and they want to project these feelings upon you. Okay, so it's really, really important to um, give people an opportunity to, um, to, to really um, become aware that there's something that's hurting you. And you will become very aware quickly whether they care or, or not care. And then you can make your decision as to what you want to do uh, about friendship. Now, no friendship is going to be perfect. And sometimes we outgrow friends and sometimes relationships fail because one person grows and another person doesn't grow enough. And so in these cases, uh, it's, it's always up to us to keep growing in life. And as a matter of fact, the, the most amazing relationships are uh, relationships with growth partners who give us honest, rigorous feedback without demeaning and valuing and destroying us, who have our backs, who uh, help uh, evolve us as opposed to demean us. And that would be represented by panel 789. If you look at panel seven, and you see all that, all those intersecting bubbles and the light in the middle, the light represents synergy where uh, the relationship is really a one plus one is greater than two phenomenon. So that you're bringing it and your friend or partner or husband, wife, or employer or employee is bringing it. And as a result of the relationship, both of you are better off. Okay, Dr. So Judy, we do have one more call. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll try for it. Hopefully, it'll, um, the call will stay online. Hi. Who's this, please? Mandy. Hi, Mandy. Thank you for calling in. I hope that the, um, the call doesn't drop. Where are you calling from, please? Florida. Thank you. And what, what is on your mind today pertaining to the subject of why most relationships fail? Uh, well, I'm currently in a marriage and I'm not getting my, my needs met sexually. Okay. And is and your husband aware that, that you're not getting your needs met? He is. Okay, and what, what, what does he say about it? So when you say, look, you know, I'm not getting this met and that met and, and you know, you're basically my significant person here and so I'm coming to you. What 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 does he what is his reply to this? Are you there? Hello? Mandy? Are we having technical difficulties with calls tonight? We must be. Um, it, it says on my end that she's still connected, but um, cannot hear her, and this is the second time. Okay. So. Wanna maybe try one more time? Let's see if she can. Okay, she's... so Mandy, I, I, I'm sorry I'm not able to hear you, but maybe I can still process a little bit about what you're calling about. And so, in essence, um, that's another relationship killer. 
is when needs are not being met. And so again, I'd like you to attempt to use that peaceful healing dialogue without criticizing and demeaning and devaluing your husband because that's where the relationship can really go south when you get frustrated and angry and blaming and finger pointing. You could just be more like, hey, I like to talk to you about this. It's really important to me. Um, these are some of the needs and, you know, tell me a little bit about you. Um, are, are, are these needs um, too much for you to handle or do you not have the same needs as I do? This is another reason why relationships don't go well because people's needs change over time. And so you really do want to get specific as to what you need what the other person can or cannot do for you. And if they absolutely can't meet your needs, let's see, say your needs are to, um, to, to talk every day for an hour and they're just too tired or busy to talk, then you can negotiate these needs and say, okay, I get it. Maybe you can't talk an hour to me every day, but maybe we could talk at least a little bit and then spend some time on the weekend, some quality time. So I'm hoping there's always room for negotiation. Is that call impossible to connect back with? Yeah, it's it's not there anymore. Okay, maybe we could check the uh, call system. So hopefully I can get people's call. And yeah, that's what I'm trying to do right now. Yeah, or can you call her back? Is that possible? Uh, it's not possible, no. Okay. Sorry about that. So anyway, the point is, is that hopefully you're listening and, and you're, you're getting how important it is that, yes, your needs should be met, but we can't meet every, our partner's needs 100% of the time. And that's why back to uh, um, attachment theory and healthy development, if our needs are not met, if we don't have healthy dependency, if many of our, 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 our important needs are not met early in life, in life, then we might become too needy. And so this is something to also check in with yourself about, because if you feel that these unmet needs are now coming out in the relationship and they're um, triggering you in the relationship, then you might want to do some of your therapeutic work outside the relationship in a therapeutic environment so that you can discuss these unmet needs that mom or dad, primary caregivers, didn't uh, fulfill for you because these unmet needs are supposed to be generally fulfilled by our family of origin. And then we have regular needs. We've got need for affection and we've got all kinds of relationship needs of intimacy and confidentiality and creativity or whatever whatever your particular needs are so i'm not saying that 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 we don't enter relationships to fulfill on each other's needs because of course we do we need each other we're wired to connect however what i am saying is that if there's been a real hole in the soul and a lack of uh, nurturing a lack of um, attention and unconditional love and really supporting you and, and nurturing you in the first developmental 
uh, years of life, then it might leave you lacking. And if that's the case, and your partner is now having to fulfill unmet needs that belong to a different era, then that, that is something that you might want to address therapeutically. Okay, so there are so many reasons relationships don't work out. I'm, I'm so sorry that our calls tonight didn't work out. And um, again, if, if we did try to connect and it didn't quite make it, um, you are free to contact me at the Psychological Healing Center. I'll offer free consultations. I have a beautiful staff of people that offer uh, uh, consultations, full consultations, free consultations, and uh, everyone under uh, my umbrella of the Psychological Healing Center is trained in the Be the Cause Mind Map Therapy, which takes you from the wounds of the past, decodes them, and paradigm shifts you into healing so that you can have a better part two of your life. And so that, that when you come into the relationship, you'll be in a more healed form and you won't have to either implode on your feelings or explode on your feelings. You can unload them in therapy and then have a cleaner line of communication uh, with your partner. And if we don't have any more calls, uh, then um, I'll, I'll wait a second or two and hope that the calls do come through. Is there anybody else that, that wanted to ask a question? No, not at the moment. Okay. I think we might so, be having technical difficulties. Yeah, okay. All right. So I wanted to thank everybody very, very much. And um, I'm the director of the Psychological Healing Center, uh, founder of the Be the Cause Mind Map System for Healing Human Disconnect. Uh, one of our specialties is healing uh, from narcissistic abuse, which takes a lot of knowledge and skill and uh, helping specifically to heal childhood wounds that then encode in us and create chaos, defenses, and breakdowns. So please do call the Psychological Healing Center and we can discuss any issues that are um, shadowing over your life. In the meantime, thank you so much for listening, tuning in, and thank you for attempting those calls. And I will see you next week. Good night, everybody. And if you've enjoyed my show, please subscribe to my channel. If you need help, please call the number below. And if you've enjoyed Hey, Judy.